just a few weeks ago, we were unsure if we would be able to get to this week. But it's here, game week. This is the only opportunity on the Panthers' schedule to get things right before the conference season starts. We preview Austin PA and more on this week's Hail to Pit podcast. Finishing it in these final 30 minutes. Well, you know, it happened in, it happened in West Virginia where we knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina, and it's happening in Pittsburgh today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. There's one hell of a game that you will never, ever forget. We shocked the world! Hell to pit. Hell to pit. This is the week of September 12th. 2020 and this is the hail to pit podcast i am alan michael tozinski i'm vince and i'm pam ready or not here comes football it's been an off season unlike any other and one we all hope to forget quickly as the panthers are ready to take the field this saturday in front of no fans against austin pa 4 p.m a nationally televised affair Only on the ACC Network. And if you don't have the ACC Network, call your local cable or satellite provider today and tell them you want the ACC Network. And also give them a quick hail to pit. Because who knows if the other person on the line is a a pit pit grad or pit fan, they might give you a discount, Vince. Yeah, or maybe they'll become one uh, because of the great enthusiasm. I can't stress that enough to, to get this network out on on more television and satellite and streaming providers uh we we don't have that problem here no uh, we're, we're using that youtube television and, and it's working excellently but uh you know every not everybody's in that same boat and, and now with no fans allowed at games it's more important than ever more important than ever to call your local cable operator or find a good spot on mount washington with some good binoculars to watch the game. I didn't game. think about that. Yeah, that's that's a way you can do it too. Angels in the outfield style. At H2P Show on Twitter if you want to follow us. Hail the number two pit podcast at gmail.com if you want to email us. And we appreciate all the feedback we get on Panther Lair, Reddit, Twitter, wherever we're at, you're at. We're talking pit with you. And we are a production of Pretty Easy Podcasts. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today to start your own podcast. I would love someone to go out there and start a pit soccer podcast because I am super hyped for how damn good that program's getting. And we don't talk enough about them, Pam, but it is all football today. It's all football, but we'll be talking pit soccer as the season goes on. Good luck to all the other fall sports that are beginning play as well. Hell yes. And hell yes, it is week one. And I have really, on this day, we're recording, what is today? Wednesday. September 9th, 2020, live on tape. And I have a lot of hype. I have a fantasy draft late tonight. I'm hyped for this game on Saturday. I'm feeling like it's football season finally, Pam. And you know how it's real? The depth chart came out this week. Yeah, Alan, I can't 
wait to see how the depth chart materializes on the field. The big, the biggest surprise to me is Wendell Davis starting at middle linebacker over Chase Pine. We've heard a lot about Chase Pine over the years, um, but it looks like Wendell Davis has the starting job, or is this something Narduzzi's doing just to throw everyone off? Yeah, a lot, a lot of people were talking about that one, and that, of course, is going to stand out when such a important position is occupied by such a young player. Can't wait to see Wendell Davis. But like I said last week, the linebackers have the easiest job on on the pit defense. They're playing behind a damn good defensive line, although they did lose Twyman. That should be a lot of fun for Wendell Davis to play right there. What stood out to me the most was all the oars at running back and no one standing above the rest outside of A.J. Davis starting, who you know showed a little bit of promise last year. But I just am so concerned about the run game as usual. Uh, since Whipple took over, Vince, that's what stood out to me. Yeah, and and Coach even said in, in a, his press briefing this week in that, you know, if we're going to be good this year, we have to be able to run the ball successfully. Uh, and to come out and make that kind of statement, I think he understands the importance of it and, and how it really let us down last year. And I'm, I'm curious, as all you are, you know, A.J. Davis, you know, I guess – is he the most consistent guy? Is he the safest guy? Uh, I know, you know, we both said Pam Vincent Davis last year uh, did some special things whenever he he got in the game, but that was that was few and far between. And, and I know we're all looking forward to seeing the style bender Israel uh, Abataconda get in the game. So I, I think you know certainly if you're going to really commit to run the ball, you're going to have more than one running back getting a lot of touches and it seems like it's really up in the air and I don't think we're going to know uh you know until you know next week probably who uh whenever that running back situation starts to shake out I'm hoping that Pitt is going to be able to get a lot of guys in this game so we could really see uh you know maybe who does it whenever the lights are turned on yeah hopefully we won't I'm actually hopeful that we won't know more until after next week's game because I hope this week we just get everyone some touches get everyone out of there healthy um, especially in that running back position I don't think we'll be able to see too much Um, I don't think we'll be able to figure out if AJ Davis is a workhorse or is it going to be more um, shared carries back there I hope that he just gets a few touches and uh, gets out of there because hopefully this game gets out of hand quickly and stays out of hand hell yeah Hopefully, very out of hand. That's what this game's all about. This game wasn't even supposed to happen a few weeks ago, but here it is, and it is an opportunity for uh, some of those oars to maybe go away at the running back position. We'll see. Uh, the right side of the offensive line also shored up in camp. Jake Cradle, Gabe Hoy, uh, your guard and tackle, Vince, and as much as the running back is a concern, the offensive line really is where it's at. Pitt's offensive line last year did take a step back. Yeah, those guys are going to have to be better. No, uh, no other way to say it. They they have to be better. Uh, they have to be able to push just push people out of the way. Uh, something that w- that was a little inconsistent last year. And you know th- there were a lot of new starters last year. A lot of newer guys getting more playing time. And you know all these guys, uh, the the five starters uh, that showed up on the depth chart, they all played a decent amount last year. Uh, so I'm expecting big things. I'm expecting a big step up. And I'm hoping to see it this week that they'll be able to just really establish that line of scrimmage and really dominate the game from start to finish. 
And over on defense, on the defensive line, we saw Devin Danielson, uh, the, the the American, or excuse me, the TJ Dragon, and uh, Keyshawn Camp, uh, the starters on the interior. So who's the third man that you think will get rotation, Vince, uh, between Bentley and Green and, and Cansey? Uh, it's well, you know, we we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, Atlin, that you know, Cansey was be, really being hyped up uh, by coaches and an electric player, and uh, we'll see. Um, there, you know, coach is going to definitely want to rotate those guys, uh, try to keep guys fresh. Um, but but I like that what we're seeing from from Devin Danielson uh, uh, as the. The kind of the, the next guy up, the guy that's filling in for Twyman. I think he's a good run stopper. I can't wait to see what he does in the pass protection. Hopefully he could eat up a couple blockers, let Keyshawn Camp go one-on-one on the inside. I think that'd be huge for the defensive line. And don't forget Keyshawn Camp coming off of an injury too, so got to monitor you know how he, yeah. productive he is coming back. I mean, what, what was a stud prior, but you know injuries – can change a player. So that's one thing you got your eye on. But then, of course, the same would be said for Rashad Weaver. So guys who are yep. banged up coming back on the pit defensive line, but yet they're still getting the hype as an exciting unit. Patrick Jones there, of course, Deslin Alexander, John Morgan, all these guys. Habaduk Baldonado, all of them with tons of playing time, maybe thanks to that Rashad Weaver injury last year. So that makes them a more experienced group. Let's see if they live up to it. Coming out of camp, though, Pam, the hype has been all about Jordan Addison, the wide receiver, slotted to play the slot and be the return man, which we were discussing last year or last week, excuse me, uh, and a young guy being thrown into those vital positions that are so risky when you talk about turnover potential. Are you uneasy about a guy like Jordan Addison being given those keys? Um, no, not at all, because I, I'm unsure who else would have done it. Um, the big thing there is for punt return and kickoff returner, I feel like you have to be a smart player and basically read read the defense and know when to fair catch it, when to let things bounce. So it'll be interesting to see. I guess the coaches uh, trust his judgment in these different positions. They have to, to put him in that vital role. I, I think um, I'm a little nervous, but... I'm confident that they're going to put him in a position to succeed. And this is a kid that, you know, he he's, I mean, limited practices, uh, you know, limited spring, spring ball, limited, uh, you know, with all the adaptations they had to do to the, to the summer training camp. Uh, and, and here we are, and, th- and this kid is a start, not just the starting slot receiver, but, but the starting return specialist as a true freshman and coach has just been raving about this kid. And Pam, I got to ask you, have you ever heard coach Narduzzi talk about a freshman like this, you know, hyping him up this much and and then, and following through and putting him in a starting role uh, in in a critical position, I think, because, you know, we all talked about how, you know, Pitt's passing offense was, you know, at times when it was bad last year, it was very bad. And, you know, a slot receiver, a guy that's got to have good hands and can really move the chains, that that's so important. Uh, what do you make about that, about this hype, and are, are you buying it right now? I think it'll be good. At, he'll be good at the slot receiver. Um, hopefully he's a d- dynamic guy. I guess they're trying to get him the ball as in many ways good. possible yeah. in his hands. And um, to be thrown into that position, I think it's great. I think it also speaks to maybe – 
how one or two, two or three guys on the receiving core have a good amount of experience, but then it kind of falls off after that. Um, I mean, you have Wayne, but he had a few games last year, but he didn't play toward until the end of the year, really. Mm -hmm. And so I think having Addison there um, really, um, we'll see what he can do. I I think that's a player that I'm going to be interested to watch uh, on Saturday afternoon. Hail to Pit podcast poll question time amongst us three. Are Pit fans more overhyped or more overconfident, we'll say, in Jordan Addison being given this this opportunity or the defensive line? Overall, as a Pit fan community, do you think we're overconfident in the defense or being cool with Jordan Addison getting this big responsibility? Defensive line, and I don't. Yeah, you're overconfident. What what does that mean? That you I don't think, think they're going to be as no. Good? I think they are. I think Pitt fans are right. Is that what the question is? I'm saying overconfident in terms of where where do we have the most potential for you know? I mean, I don't see any negativity being on when I'm on social media at least talked about the Pitt defensive line. Right, or I agree. This week, Jordan Addison gets the slot receiver job, the return man job, and all I see is praise and excitement and hype. No, no uneasiness, no questioning. Oh, uh, uh, wh- why another guy didn't get it, or just saying is, is everyone saying the only negative I saw is everyone else is so bad they're just trying out Jordan Addison. That's one <laughs> comment I saw. But where are we more overconfident more in? Where are we? Where are we? The least amount of nerves is obviously defensive line. But could we be overconfident with that unit? Well, no, uh, I think I'm I'm properly confident in even the without even without one. Yes, I'm properly confident, and I it's the position group I'm most confident in. Okay, I, I'm gonna say that from what I read this week, even even with yeah no Twyman, I I feel like we have a proper amount of well, some of us are ridiculous calling this one of the best pit defenses ever before the first game, but. Uh, defensive line I have confidence in, but I am worried. Injury history, as I brought up. Jordan Addison this week, though, getting a lot of love. I think that's just normal, and I think it is a case of let's see what he can do, and I don't think the leash is very long for him, Vince. Uh, well, that's interesting. Uh, as a return man, at least. Well, oh, certainly as a ter- return man. I don't I don't think that the uh, the, the leash you know will be, be that long. Um, but it, it'll be interesting as a slot receiver. I mean, I mean, they rotate, you know, receivers, you know, a fair amount, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see how many three receiver sets they go with, how, how many, you know, balls this kid gets thrown his way. I, this is, you know, we, we talk about, you know, a, a tight end like Lucas Kroll, tr- uh, a transfer, and was talking about what that could be to the tight end position, uh, you know, Jordan Addison to the receiver position could be just as big uh, of an addition. You know, that could be two potential guys that can really come up big for you in clutch situations. And they desperately needed needed that last year. And and I think it's going to be the same this year. The other side, cornerback Marquise Williams will be taking over a starting position. Uh, Of course, we've got injuries. We've got undersized uh, young players in the secondary, but a lot of a lot of seniority, of course, at safety especially. So what do you take with the call given Marquise Williams, which we knew last week as well? 
Yeah, I think this was a, a no-brainer to start um, next to Jason Pinnock out there. Um, I think this was an easy thing to slot in there. To me, something interesting is Nick Patty was listed as the fourth-string starter in the quarterback position. Yeah, and I saw everyone now expects him to pretty much transfer because he didn't even <laughs> get a, a depth chart spot. What do you think? Did you hear anything about that, Vince? Anything on the pitternet about I, well, I, Nick Patty? Of of course, there's always speculation, but I, I I don't know if this really means a whole lot this particular year um, because you know he still is pretty young, and you know I I think his destiny is still yet to be determined. You know, you, you don't really know who the backup quarterback is until it's time to put the backup quarterback in, in, in a meaningful spot. Uh, and, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully that doesn't happen th- this year. Uh, so I, I think we're still a ways away from, from jumping at any conclusions. Yeah. It really, it's, it's, you know, something to talk about just this episode. We'll probably all forget about it because we know as pit fans, Kenny Pickett at quarterback is our density destiny the entire season fingers crossed uh also real quick one thing i'm interested in or that's interesting to me is uh not even on the depth chart obviously because he's heard as damari mathis but will he be allowed to be a player coach will be on the sideline or will social distancing keep him away i'm interested to see usually a player like that weaver was all over the place last year on the sideline what's an injured player in camp gonna do that's that's actually a good point i haven't really heard anything about you know trying to limit you know, players on the sideline and the locker room and, um, you know, or, e- or even, you know, celebrities that usually at these games think they could go wherever they want. Yeah, well, this is uh, this is the depth chart we got now, but who the hell knows? It's really kind of just a uh, what's it called? Not a formality. A uh, it's, it's a it's more ceremonial. It's it's ritualistic. It means absolutely jack squat. But of course, as fans, we love diving into the depth chart and reading between the lines. And there are little literal lines on the depth chart separating each name, so it makes sense there. What about this week, though, Pam? Austin P, as some say, I say P A. None of them have told me how to pronounce it. I'm too damn lazy to look up exactly how to do it. I've always called him Austin P A. So. I'm going to stick to that, and they're coming to PA with Narduzzi against a team like this. Do you expect to see really anything except basic-ass offense and hardly any blitzing? Um, I think they'll bring some blitzes and some intensity just to get the guys ready on the defensive side of the ball because this is their only warm-up. Um, we were supposed to have teams like Marshall and Richmond on the schedule, but – or in Akron, where we're supposed to play them? Miami of Ohio. Miami of Ohio, one of those smaller schools in Ohio. So normally we have a few games to get warmed up. Um, last year we had to play Virginia the first game of the year, but normally we have a few games to warm up, and I think they're going to come out. I don't think they'll put the the pedal to the metal the entire game, but I think they will bring some intensity just to get the guys fired up and get some good momentum into next week. I I certainly hope so that 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 they could really come out fired up. I mean, so many times in this spot when they're playing, you know, uh, an FCS team, 
Yeah, they just come out extremely vanilla. No, they come out, they let up big leads under Narduzzi. Like that Youngstown State game a few years ago. They were up big. They were up like 45 to 10 uh, and almost blew it. Well, they, they, they played. <laughs> I was watching that game right in this chair and I wanted to forget that. So damn it, Pam. Why'd you bring that up? It, it, it was 21 to nothing, I believe. Whatever. Uh, they they like typically come out. They typically come out very vanilla in these games. They also play a lot of players in in these games, and and you know guys that you know may not see any other action the entire year. You know get a, get a lot of burn in, in this kind of game, and they typically do that even before the you know well before the game is out of reach, and you know even last year that there was a. You know, I understand Kenny Pickett didn't start. Nick Patty making his first start against against Delaware, and you know that was a relatively close game. And I would just hope that this year, you know, all you have in front of you is this conference schedule, and you're playing opponents that are very familiar already with what you do. Syracuse is on deck here. Uh, you play them every year. You know, you're you're not showing them anything that's going to be drastically different. Uh, there, there's no Penn State on the schedule where, where you're trying to hide all, all your stuff from. You know, I would just love to see them just come out and, and run and, and practice the plays, you know, practice a game plan that you could implement against uh, another team. And let, let's get some confidence going. With, with this team, especially the offense, they need to get some confidence. Mm-hmm. They need to show that they're capable of going out there and putting up a bunch of points because as great as this defense is, Alan, there are going to be times this year where the offense is going to be called upon to make a big play and a, a winning score and drive. And we're going to talk a lot about that when we get to our schedule predictions and, and pre, you know, predictions for the record for the Pitt Panthers here coming up. But yeah, you hit the nail on the head, Vince. This game is all about confidence for the offense, especially. And I am going to go out on a limb and say they are going to really put it on to Austin Peay because it is 2020. I think Pat Narduzzi and a lot of coaches that are normally (laughs) conservative are going to say, you know, I don't even know if we're all going to be playing next week or living. So I'm just going to coach balls to the wall. And I'm hoping the big question with this game really is when the time comes, who is it going to be? Bevel or Yellen coming in for Kenny Pickett when the Panthers are putting it on Austin Peay? Yeah, that's <laughs> that that's that's the big thing you're looking forward to. I I that that is going to be an interesting situation. I for me I think it'll be both. I think like one guy will get one series, one You think they're going to be up by that much? Yeah, that they'll put both backups in. Well, what score prediction are you saying? I think they're going to win. I watched that game, a lot of that game. Austin PA. Yeah. Central Arkansas. Yeah, that was bad. I think they're going to win like 50 Ooh. to 10. Oh, wow. We are close. I got 42 to 9. Okay. Uh, are you going to be the more realistic one here? Or? Well, you know, if this was a normal year, like again, and they were playing Miami, Miami Ohio this week, the final score would probably be like 23 <laughs> 20. But And we'd sweat it out. And this, this I'm, beaten son. Uh, but I'm I'm hoping and pray, well, maybe that would have been more the Richmond game. Yeah. Would have been twenty three twenty. Maybe Miami of Ohio they would have won by like ten points or something. I, I am hoping 
uh, you know, I, and, you know, we've been fooled wrong before thinking that, you know, they're going to just go out here and, and, and steamroll one of these teams. But I, I am hoping and praying that this is this is the year and I'm not I'm not hugely confident that this is going to be the case. But I'm going to say that they're going to come out and we'll say that they're going to win. Uh, we'll say, you know, 48 to 7. Our, wow. All right. We're, we're all like this. Yeah. From us. We're all in the Boy, same I mean, ballpark. I, believe me, I'll be surprised if it happens. Pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. I know we don't want that three point game where Pitt was probably up 23 to three at, at the third quarter, and then all of a sudden this is a nail biter. Damn it. I really hope that does not uh, happen for the, for this game. But, uh, yeah, I, I just from what I saw, a little bit of Austin P. I know you watched a lot of that game, Pam, and I saw highlights and and watched it like maybe like the a sliver of it live. Uh, they didn't look like you know anything to be worried about, but of course, eh, the, the stranger things have happened to the Pitt Panthers. So that's game one. We've got a whole season ahead of us. What about a schedule prediction? Where do you see W's and L's, Pam? Um. I was looking through this earlier today and I have them at eight wins, three losses, seven and three in conference. Um, I have them losing the the games that everyone probably has them losing. I have them losing against Miami, Notre Dame and back-to-back weeks. And then I also have them losing to Clemson. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty straightforward season for the Pitt Panthers. I don't see them pulling any big upsets unless we count Florida State as an upset. I don't think you could count that as an upset just yet. Yeah, I don't think so either. But that's a tough stretch for them. They have Miami, Notre Dame, and Florida State. Um, Even though Florida State probably not going to be as good as, you know, a few years ago, but at least they they can recruit and they got some athletes there. Um, they got a lot of turmoil in that program, so I don't really see them with any upsets. I see them losing to Miami, Notre Dame, and Clemson. What about you, Vince? Well, you know, I'm. Uh, it's it's hard to say because you know I. You look at this team and you say, "Wow, this defense should be great." You look at some of the improvements that they're making on offense. You look at you know, a second year in this Whipple system, and you're hoping that that is going to really be jump-starting them right from the gate. And you think that they're going to be, uh, you know, much improved. But at the same time, you know, we thought that before. And this is a tough schedule. There is no doubt about it. This is a this is a tough schedule. And I think it's much tougher than what they had originally planning on going into this year. Uh, so I am going to say eight and three. Uh, so I'm, but I'm going to, I'm going to have some, a little bit different opinion. Uh, yeah, uh, a loss at Clemson, you know, I'm going to say we're going to lose to Miami, although that's a game that, you know, who knows what Miami's going to be, um, at, at that time. And I, I, I haven't decided who the, the third loss will be at. Uh, I do think, uh, we'll beat Notre Dame. Um, but I, I can't really put my finger on the on this third loss. Uh, it, it could be this Louisville team, <laughs> which a lot of people are talking about uh, under Scott Satterfield, who 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 is who's an excellent coach. So it, it could be them, uh, but you know it wouldn't surprise me if it was somebody else either. A lot of firepower for Louisville Cardinals, and that's why I got them as one of the losses. I got them at seven and four. 
I have losses yeah. to Louisville, Notre Dame, yeah. Clemson, and I do think going down to Miami, uh, more and more I look at it, the more scared I am of Derek King. So I unfortunately am at seven and four, Pam. Yeah, and L- Louisville is my trap game if we want to pick one. I don't really know if we can call no it. No traps. Trap no traps in the <laughs> ACC. I do think uh, Louisville is a talented team. Um but they played them early on, so we'll see. It, it all depends. There are so many factors this year. Yeah, but I end, think yeah, uh, it's about W's. I think Louisville will be a tough game, so I, I don't think it's too far out there for saying that they're going to lose that one. So our biggest wins then would be the FSU win on the road or Virginia Tech possibly. I don't know if those will be called. In the end, they might end up being upsets, at least when it comes to Vegas. Um, but – yeah, straightforward. I I guess that has me having Pitt finish it around fifth in the ACC. Does that make sense? Seven and four would be around five or six. That's where I have them as well. Um, I think five or six ish. Yeah, yeah, six. Yeah, with four losses. Uh, yeah, in that you know, seven to five ish range. Because. I mean, we're in agreement that Notre Dame's going to be up there. Clemson, obviously, duh. Miami maybe could be up there. And then you have, like, a school like North Carolina, who we don't play, that could be up there. Well, yeah, that's well, – Even that's that Louisville that's up there. That's the thing. And I, and I will say this, that, you know – North after- Carolina is preseason, like, in top 15 or something. Yeah, they're getting a lot of love. Yeah. They're, well, well yeah. and we'll, we'll find out how deserving that is. There's a lot of hype. That that might end up being the most overhyped team in the country when it's all said and done. Uh, but you know, I look at the ACC, and you know, obviously Clemson and Notre Dame, as we've said, are the two high, highest profile teams. But but after that, you know, you could. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too too shocked if a lot of these teams, you know, you know, finish third. I should say. And, you know, obviously if it was a team like Syracuse, I, I'd be pretty surprised that they finished third, but if it was Louisville or Miami or North Carolina or Pitt or Virginia tech, I could see any of those teams f- finishing third. And if one of those teams is able to catch a Notre Dame and beat them and, and Notre Dame, you know, yes, they're a preseason top 10 team, but I don't think, you know, they're not in the, the Clemson stratosphere. Mm-mm. And so, you know, if you could knock them off, uh, you certainly got a you got you hold a tiebreaker over them, and you certainly got a shot to, uh, to make it to that championship. And they don't even got Chase Claypool no more. So what's the standard then for this season? What'll make Pitt fans happy, Pam? What what do they need to do? Um, I think if they win the games that they're supposed to and look good doing it. I think that's the uh, that's the standard. If they come well, out from, from well, what are the games they're supposed to win? All the ones that I said, except for those three <laughs> against the the teams that that are probably going to be in the top twenty five. Yeah. Win um, those. I say win those games, but also have one over either Notre Dame or the U. That's where I'm at. I'll say that you know for you know coming and I said it last year. I said it as soon as the season ended that this this is a put up or shut up year. And I understand that there's a lot of you know they these are unprecedented times and, and there's a lot of adversity that all all these teams are dealing with and all these players are dealing with. But if you look at the talent that's on this team, you know the coaches have to be focused. They got to get the players focused. And 
I'll say this: if if they don't finish this season with at least eight wins, I think that you gotta gotta you gotta question maybe where where uh, this program's going and how good they can get. No, I think you need to look at all the factors surrounding yeah. this. Year I don't think as well, and the I fact that think, their schedule yeah. got harder. Well, yeah. I understand that you said it yourself. And there's I, no way you can. I think seven wins, I, as long as they look better and it more improved. I mean, weird things have happened. What if they're missing key guys well, for I, different reasons? I, I understand that. What part? if they're missing coaches? Well, well, that's well, you know, you know, if, if uh, you know, if, there, if there's a ton of attrition, you know, during the season, you know, there's not much you could do about that. And, and I, I understand that, but we we don't know what that situation is at the moment. You know, I, I'm saying all things being equal. You know, and everybody's got to deal with the, the same kind of, of restrictions. And, you know, to me, you know, they got to be able to come out and beat these teams that they, they say that they're better than. And, and, and we would like to think that they're better than. Well, we are on the home stretch here about to finish our fo- our first uh, weekly or week of football episode. We are back. It's week one. We've got a lot to do real quick, though. We've got. Our SEC preview, we promise. We've got our college football predictions, we promise. But let's go out of reality and into the information superhighway known as the Pitternet. Can you explain what Internet is? I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. And to all those faceless keyboard warriors on Twitter. But we're a good darn football team. I'm proud of these guys. I don't know if anyone's thinking like that just yet, Vince. It seems like a lot of hype and and fun going into week one. You're getting serious on us. Lotus Scissors, though, might be with you. He says, what's the over, or they say, what's the over-under on how much of the offensive playbook does will use? I'd set it at 15% and take the under. You agree with Lotus Scissors on Reddit? 15%, that's pretty low. Uh, I well, I we don't know how big the playbook is. I mean, how many pages is it? Yeah, I I don't imagine uh, very large for this game. I'll say that for Lotus Scissors <laughs> Paradigm on a pit Reddit said it would be nice to just run down their throats to give the OL and backs more confidence going into ACC play. But I just don't see that happening with Whipple. Have you given up hope on Whipple like Paradigm X two Pam? No, not yet. It's only a second year here. I haven't given up on Whipple yet, but uh, maybe after this year, we'll see how it goes. My favorite kind of Pitternet post right here, just short, sweet, and very informative. Gorilla MCTV said, keep an eye on 53 Jake Cradle. Young Bull can ball. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I will be focusing on Mr. Cradle uh, you know, this coming Saturday. Uh, something good I saw uh, was on Panther Lair. There, there was a. Uh, this was from last Saturday. There was a Miami of Ohio game thread, uh, which I I encourage everybody to go back and, and read through. Uh, some excellent posts about what what would have been happening during that game. Uh, and I think my favorite was, uh, and I I can't remember the poster's handle, but it was like Kessman misses a chip shot twenty nine yarder but follows it up on the next drive with a 70 yard. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's it. Uh, that, that would have, that's probably what was predestined to happen until everything got shook. But you know, who's not shook Paris Ford on Twitter at Diddy Bop 12, who is ready to go 
into a, a season that is going to be wild with his teammates. He said, I love my team. No me without them. I love that mentality going into the season, yeah. Pam, from a leader on the team. That's right. I think that's a great way. And I think uh, if teams bonded together, especially a year like this, only good things can happen on the field. Yeah. he. You should uh, check out. There was a, a video posted by the, the um, uh, I think it was the Pitt football Twitter, maybe, uh, if Paris mic'd up during a practice. Yeah, that and was he, good. he was counting the number of periods he had with zero targets against him. <laughs> very aware, very astute, and uh, very, very much ready for the season. Paris Ford, who I think we can all agree is one of the Panthers we're looking forward to balling out, along with Drake, Jake Cradle and Izzy Abanaconda and a lot of them. This Saturday against Austin PA live on the ACC network. Man, you could feel it. People are ready for the season to start around town, Vince. And, you know, some people aren't social distancing. I heard about a wedding I had some family members go to. I was very disappointed in them, but I did at least get some feedback on what people were saying at, at this shindig about the Pitt Panthers. How about you this week? You hear, hearing anything around town? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, you know, people talking at work on the shop floor, you know, all kinds all kinds of chatter uh, about this huge game this coming season. Let's get it. Another Saturday coming and the Panthers are playing. Time to find out what the answers are saying. You ready for the season to start in that? Yeah, and I was thinking the other year, you know, you remember – when Narduzzi kicked that field goal down the goal line against Penn State? Yeah, I remember it. That sucked. Yeah, but Narduzzi going to be Ray this year. He, he's a coach who learns from his mistakes. Hail to Pitt. But the answers are saying. So that's what the answers are saying. Uh, you know, it, it's tough in this town to get, to get over certain things. Uh, but we got to move forward. Alan, and we got to move forward to this college football season. The SEC is going to be starting up in a couple weeks. We previewed the ACC and the Big 12 last week. We're going to talk about the SEC and, the, and this college football playoff that is presumably going to happen. The Power Three, old college football. And the SEC, we got to talk about it. It's going to be very fun. It's going to be very dominant. They might get four teams into the college football playoff. We'll discuss that in no. a second. But who is going to win the damn thing? I got Alabama, unfortunately. I think the East is going to be buck nutty with a lot of teams beating each other. LSU losing a bunch of guys, only eight returning starters. Meanwhile, Bama's getting injury guys, injured guys back. Badasses on offense is back. A quarterback named Mack. Dylan Moses could be the Heisman Trophy winner, Pam. This team's going to be good. Yeah, Alabama's <laughs> going to be the clear-cut favorite here. I don't I don't think it's close in the SEC. I think, like you said, Dylan Moses and Joshua McMillan are coming back from ACL injuries for that linebacker crew. Uh, a strong linebacker crew last year, and they had two major injuries. I just – I think Alabama's going to be fi- firing on all cylinders here this year. It's an angry Alabama yeah. team this year. I I know, Alan, you're always talking about angry Alabama years, and and they got to be extra angry at at the moment. Um, I I do think that they're going to come out of the West, but I'm not so sure they're going to win the whole thing. Uh, I'm 
uh, I'm really interested to see what Florida does this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Florida is going to win the East. Um, you know, I, I don't have their schedule in front of me, but you know, I know that like their, for example, their game against LSU, uh, which would normally be a very tough game. I think LSU is going to be very down this year. It, w- it wouldn't surprise me if LSU finished with a losing record. Oh, whoa! That's, that's crazy. Oh, I'm serious. Oh, I love that you're saying that because I'm going to take that message and tell all my Louisiana friends about what you just said. I might make this a clip and put it on the internet. How? I mean, yeah, could be a, a way down year compared to last year, but losing record. Whoa, that's big. No, talk. they're still going to finish in the top of the SEC. I just okay. What's but, their schedule? Well, I just need to share something that I came across on Twitter with you you all and our listeners, which I found fascinating. 12 out of the 14 schools for the SEC announced their seating capacity um, for this year, having fans at the game. You know, most are 20, 25 percent. And I know it has to do with numbers and based on seating, but Arkansas is 21 to 23% capacity, very specific. And South Carolina is 21%. Just fascinating how uh, specific, like I guess that extra 1% really makes a difference for some of these schools, why they can't say 20%. They have to jump up to 21%. You know how the, you know how the ADs at the SEC schools act. That's that's what they they say. Hey, I heard it. I heard Tennessee's at 19%. Well, we're going to go 20. Yeah, yeah, I heard South Carolina is at 20. We're going 21. That's how it goes in that conference. I I do really like Florida as well this year, yeah. but their schedule's tough. They have uh well, of they course, have, but they have a tough schedule, but I think Florida's a, a really good team this year. LSU is going to be up there, but I I think you have to look at Auburn and if Bo Nix can continue to take a step forward, um, I know they lost some guys on that defensive line, but Auburn could be right there in the mix. Alabama is going to win the division, and I think everyone else is playing for second place there. I think LSU's got maybe four, maybe five losses. It's not a losing record. Jimbo Fisher got married, wow. I think, in the offense as well in the off season as well. So look for A and M to really be focused this year with their their coach kind of well, get, getting his personal life back in order. That's a lot of people are high in Texas A and M. And and you, I, I'll say now. I mean, LSU they got to play Texas A and M, Alabama, Auburn, and Florida. I think that's four losses right there. And then you also have the you know the mysterious you know Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin games that they, <laughs> that they have to play. They're they're probably losing one of those. Uh, so so that's that's five losses right right there. Um, are, are, you really buy into the Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach wrecking things this year for people in the there's NFC. A lot of, there's just a lot, there's a lot of weird stuff happening with those guys. Um, does anybody think that Georgia is going to win the East? No. I mean, no, because I'm Jamie even Newman, without Jamie Newman. Even without Jamie Newman, yeah, they're not they have JT Daniels as really their only quarterback there. Um, there's definitely Georgia definitely has talent, but I I think it's Florida's to lose. I think there's a lot of uncertainty, um, especially after JT Daniels is a good, good player from Cal, but they have zero depth in the quarterback there, quarterback room there, zero. Yeah, I mean, he's. I think JT Daniels is going to translate well to the SEC. I think he'll be prepared for it. He played in some big-time games at SC, but, yeah, the depth lacking and just Florida – 
returning, I think, a really seasoned guy in Kyle Trask, who is just a big-ass Texan who's I, I'm impressed with more and more. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like this could, you know, this is a, a big year for them to get off that losing streak to Georgia, win the East, get to the final, lose to Alabama, and still sneak into the college football playoff because I got two SEC teams going, Vince. I got Bama, Florida, Oklahoma, and Clemson. I'm very cl- close to you. I, I have Alabama, Florida, Clemson, but I'm going to go. T- I'm going to go Texas out of the Big Twelve. And I'm going to veer just a little bit. I'm going Alabama, Clemson, Florida, and I'm going Miami. I think big, whoa, big whoa, ACC, I think they beat ACC. each other up this year. I if I, wow. I think the Big Twelve beats each other up. I don't think Oklahoma's ready yet yeah, i could buy that and i think texas is good but i don't think they're great and i think king at quarterback i yes. really think he's going to make a difference okay. for this miami team and i think uh, it's going to help their confidence i think manny diaz is an excellent coach i think miami makes a step this year and i think it i think we get two acc teams and the big 12's gotta look itself in the mirror and say what the heck is going on yo if that, besides Pitt getting into the into the college football playoff, that would make me maybe the happiest to see two ACC teams in there beating out the SEC and the Big Twelve. Uh, I mean, th- what a great season this might end up being! Just getting rid of the riffraff of the Big Ten and Pac twelve, two two <laughs> conferences that we always know is just trying. They're the people who vote for them are biased. They ruin everything. This is what it's all about: a real battle of the best this year with the Big Three, well, the Power Three. One more. One more quick thing about Florida. They got a number of transfer players yeah. uh, on to replace some guys on the defensive side of the ball that got drafted. So that their defense is going to be excellent well, in what, Florida. Well, one interesting to think about in your scenario is Miami does have to play Clemson in the regular season. Say they say Clemson runs the table and Miami has two losses to Clemson. Do you think they would still be voted in over whoever wins the Big 12 or a third SEC team. Well, if Miami beats Clemson in one of the well, games. Well, I'm saying in this scenario, they lose both. Uh, I think you're, on how, I think they I need think to beat depends. Clemson at least once, right, Pam? They'd have yeah, to. Yeah, I do. They'd have to. Yeah. But, yeah. But then you have Unless Clemson Unless the win. Big 12 completely, like, teams have four or five losses at the top there. That's the only way. I think even, like, a three-loss Texas or Oklahoma gets in over – a two-loss Miami at that point. Even if they lost to the best team twice. I do. I think because then the committee will be like, oh, you can't win the big game against a good team. So in that scenario, Miami would have – well, I don't know. know. But I think we're getting – The attrition in the ACC is not as great as the Big 12. The Big 12 is very hard to survive without blemishes. I feel like a team like a Miami, a North Carolina, a Pitt, uh, you know – whoever the non-Clemson team is, has that opportunity where you are playing opponents that are beatable all season long and you just need that one epic win over Clemson mm-hmm. at some point. And a lot of you are getting two shots at them. So one of them, you you can afford to lose a game and still get in this year. So um, it has to be against Clemson, though. That's what it has to be against. Them. Yeah, they have to be Clemson so, once. So so who's your, who's your pick to win it all? I'm going Alabama. Bama. Yeah, yeah. 
angry. I wouldn't be surprised if, if if Clemson wins, but um, I'm going Alabama. Well, well, yeah, well, you might be able to talk me into Clemson, I guess. I Alabama's got the firepower and the defense and the anger and the rage. Clemson's got a lot of guys that are looking ahead at the NFL, I think, and are might maybe even tired of playing college football playoff games. <laughs> they might uh, by then. By then, they would have played so much college football. I don't know. I, I'm thinking way far ahead. Yeah. It is week one. It's Austin PA week. Let's do one step at a time. We have to more than see more than ever compared to any season prior, Vince. It has to be a week to week thing. That's the mentality. Yeah. Fans, coaches, players alike. Yep, everybody's got to take it week by week and 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 just recognize that it's an opportunity to get better. How do you like me now? And that's what we're going to do. I think this week we got what do you think? 2 and a half, 3% better, Vince? Well, at least I'd say probably 5%. I think that was the best show yet. Maybe at all time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And next week even better after an Austin PA victory for the Pitt Panthers going into ACC play. Vince, anything left? Just hail to Pitt. Don't wear sleeves while you watch the game. It's still technically summer. We'll see you next week right here in the Hail to Pitt podcast. Until then, won't you please hail to Pitt, everybody. Everybody.